Welcome to Spoilers Intended, a podcast about series, novels, and films. For this episode, we go under the sea for a story I think you'd agree, where the characters can go on a spree, but the plot, well, we'll see. That's right, we're talking Disney's Atlantis, The Lost Empire. Hey everybody, welcome to the show. I'm Stephen Ford, joined as always by Andrew Knuckles. Hello there. And Joel Killingsworth. Hello. Hello indeed. So gentlemen, before we also go under the sea, to go check under the sea. I really want to put that in there just so it could kind of be like, wait, are we doing mermaid? (laughs) Uh, But before we jump into Atlantis, we got a little talk here because I mean, it's, we're talking Disney, right? Yep. And we, we. No, this, not our first Disney film because we've already done Spider-Man, so it doesn't really count. Animated. First animated, animated Disney, Disney film. film. Yeah, you got yeah, subgenre yeah. of this. But it is our first animated Disney film. Yep. And I know we were kind of talking about looking at some of the maybe kind of lost jewels of Western animation. Yeah. Hand-drawn animation. Mm-hmm. And this one definitely came up. So in the same vein, maybe let's uh, talk a little bit about what is your favorite Disney hand-drawn movie. So we're ruling out all of the the 3D, Pixar, all those things. So we're talking mm-hmm. animation, hand-drawn. Well, and here. the characters have to be hand-drawn. The char- now, there can yeah. be some CGI in it, yeah. but the, the predominant character work is hand-drawn. Yep. So uh, since Andrew wanted to equivocate with me on that, which means he might have something that rides the line, I'm going to start with Andrew. Oh, no, there's actually no no riding the line here. Mulan, hands down. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's I, a solid the 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 songs are fantastic. The animation is great. I love the character designs, and it's always really fun um, having um, uh, Mushu and, um, and Eddie the, Murphy. Yeah, Eddie Murphy, Eddie Murphy and the Murray, geez. the just all of like just all the characters just interact all the time, and it's just always really funny. And I love just the. Um, my favorite line in the movie is whenever she, you know, she shoots the firework at the, uh, at the mountain, which no mm-hmm. one else realizes right, at the yeah. time. He's like, he was three feet in front of you. How could you miss? Yeah. He was right there. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that line is great. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. Um, just, ah, it's a great movie. It is. No, I, I would hundred percent agree, which kind of makes the live action attempts maybe feel a little worse. Yeah. Especially whenever they remove, the 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 really good songs and they remove magic but then they put magic back in the film well they they wanted to be more i think accurate to the actual chinese legend i believe yes. was was the i think that's kind of where they were going for right. it but it it loses some of the i mean again it's it's a kids it's amazing right because it's a kids movie and they kill a bunch of huns <laughs> They show like a whole burned down <laughs> village with a little like kids doll yeah it, it's so it's, amazing it's one of the more the more adult themed Disney films that came out around that era. Right. But it, honestly, most Disney films have a lot of death in them. Yeah, we're, we're, we are writing this story for an average viewer age of nine, and we're going to murder a bunch of people. Yep. <laughs> Whoa, Disney, slow down there. Yeah, I mean, like, there's like there's always going to be overt adult themes in all of these, because most of them are going to be, uh, like, um, Lion King is Hamlet, right? Basically. Yes. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, like, there is death in that. You yeah. Know, that's just how it works. So. Jumping off of that wonderful segue from Andrew, I'm going to talk about my favorite yeah, Disney hand-drawn is. animation. Yep, there we go. Lion King. Yep. You know why? <laughs> because I had to do Hamlet in high school, and Lion King is way better than doing Hamlet in high school, let me tell you. I mean, you're not wrong. I mean, again, same, same drill for a Disney movie, right? The songs are great. Mm-hmm. The character interactions are fantastic. Especially you hit like Timon and Pumbaa. Yeah. Uh, and oddly enough, those are actually my like two least favorite characters out of the they, whole movie. They fulfill a specific role. Mm-hmm. But then like the hyenas, the yeah. hyena interaction is oh, amazing. Man, fantastic. Mm-hmm. You have a great villain in Scar. Mm-hmm. A, lot of, his, a lot of death, a lot of violence. villain song is amazing. Which again, we're going to ding the live action because they kind of ruined it. But yeah, the Be Prepared is amazing. I mean, all the songs are really great. Mm-hmm. Uh, but even just, just characters like Zazu is great. Zazu yeah. is our, we're whatever. Uh, they're great, <laughs> uh, but the the whole you know the storyline obviously it's an established story. It's, yeah, it's Hamlet told you know via National Geographic. Yeah, but 
they do it in such a great way. You just don't really realize, oh, you're just being force fed Shakespeare. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it's a good way to introduce a younger generation into that style of storytelling and and just have them be familiar with it. So whenever they are older or they're in literature class and they're reading, they're like, oh, that's Lion King. Yeah. Well, and it, it it's a great way to get those themes in you know, because that is what Hamlet is, right? It teaches mm-hmm. you the, 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 ooh, these very powerful, important things, but you learn it at a much earlier age because Lion King, yep. right? You've already seen it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, no, it's it's fantastic. And that that early 90s, early to mid 90s, just powerhouse era of Disney where they're just cranking them out. Yeah. Uh, it's just so good. So good. It, it was actually kind of hard to choose because it's, it's really kind of just put up a dartboard and throw a dart for a couple of them because yeah. I, I could go for a bunch. The, the only one out of that era that never really hit for, I'll say, audiences in general was just uh, Rescuers Down Under. Yeah, but for and it, me, and it's still a really good film. But like for me, that movie's in contention for this yeah. because, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, it's so good. A- anyways, I, I'm going to stop. Joanna, just, <laughs> Joanna, you know, there's a razor back in my truck. Anyways, uh, Joel, Joel, what you got? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take it off of the kind of more serious edge and head down a more comedic path with Emperor's New Groove. Oh, oh gosh. Another. another just, oh, so good. That, that one was very yeah. close. Mm-hmm. So this one, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's the story of a... Uh, a ruler who is completely self-absorbed and used to getting everything mm-hmm. that he wants. And he's taken on a hijinks filled journey, which ultimately humbles him. Right. right. That's, mm-hmm. that's kind of the, the general the, the learning process. Yeah. Yeah. And, but it is, it is a joke a minute. It is filled to the brim with amazing one-liners mm-hmm. and the, the characterizations of the primary characters are really, really fantastically done. The voice acting is amazing. The animation is spot on mm-hmm. the the whole thing is just really a, a masterful comedy mm-hmm. well, and i think that's also probably where you see maybe i don't want to say a budget but like a a step up in certain things so the, so the movie came out in 2000 so right. this is this is technically in the Jason Mark's lost era of of disney animation mm-hmm. i mean i would when we were discussing movies that fit this this oh lord i blank um, uh, not bill qualifications yeah. qualifications uh, uh, Emperor's New Groove was one of the ones that we pitched around. Mm-hmm. So it's it's possible it'll come up somewhere down the line. We mm-hmm. don't know. We'll, Maybe. we'll have to see. Yeah, and, and I think that kind of, I think that, that question marks era started with Her- Hercules, I think. Is Her- kind Hercules of where is the, kind of where, line, it, where it started to tail off. Yeah. yeah just be, you know, I think people at that point had um, uh, Disney fatigue. Maybe. Yeah. It is, you know, it's interesting though, when you go back and you look at it, they were really good about not crowding their movies together. They took time between some movies and they never, they only had either one or two instances where these animated movies hit in the same year. Yeah. It was pretty much always one year, one year, one year. Yeah. One year. Or maybe two years between mm-hmm. or something like that for, for a big one. But. Yeah. Emperor's New Groove is, is definitely one of my like all time mm-hmm. favorites. Yeah. No, that was, that was a great choice. I kind of went for a, a, an obvious choice. You, you picked a good one, I think. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, that sounds like that is enough of that. Uh, if you have a favorite Disney hand drawn, maybe one we haven't mentioned, maybe one we, we haven't gotten to yet because haha, we haven't gotten to any of them yet. <laughs> you know, leave us, drop us a line, leave a comment. We have a discord coming in and say hi and let us know what you'd like to hear. So it sounds like now it is time for that point in the show where I look at Joel and say, Joel, would you like to give us some numbers? a score for Atlantis before we jump into a synopsis for Atlantis. (laughs) So our aggregate score for Atlantis, the lost empire is a 7.6 out of 10. That is quite high. And now just for clarification, this is based on our four pillars of review, Mm -hmm. which we are calling spectacle. So for this animation is a huge factor in that animation, character designs, the quality of CGI, that kind of stuff. Yeah, for what CGI there is, because mm-hmm. we're 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 in a movie where we're kind of straddling the era of hand drawn and CGI. Yep. Uh, the performance of the actors, and also kind of how well they mesh with their actual character, uh, the score, so the music, and then of course the plot. Mm-hmm. So uh, seven point six, you said. Seven point six. Seven point six. That's a pretty high score for a movie that didn't do super great at the box office. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that's how it goes, though. You know, critics really like movies that people don't want to pay money for, apparently. So. Maybe yeah. we're just on track. Maybe. <laughs> so on that note, since it didn't do well at the box office and maybe a lot of people haven't seen it, Joel, you want to give us a synopsis? Uh, no, but I will. So we got, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Atlantis, the lost empire opens with a, a linguist who is and cartographer and cartographer who is not well-respected. He, 
is grandfather filled not respected at all i think who is who is a also in the same field filled his head with ideas of the legend of atlantis and spent his whole life and career hunting down clues to finding atlantis and national treasure took some notes here and so we we start with milo who is trying to follow in his grandfather's footsteps but is unsuccessful as the 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 institution to which he belongs does not Museum. respect him or or believe in any of his theories and so he gets a mysterious caller one night which takes him to a longtime friend of his grandfather who finally has pulled everything together for an expedition to follow his grandfather's dream and the last piece is he needs Milo to come along so we then go on a grand adventure following through the expedition of attempting to find uh, Atlantis and then uh, determine what to do with the situation that they find when they get there. Yeah, I think that's a pretty good summation. Yeah. So uh, before we start moving into anything that's spoiler heavy, so we're going to stay spoiler free. Uh, any kind of general thoughts, gentlemen? Uh, I, th- you know, we, we gave it a pretty decent score. It's a solid a pretty C. Pretty good score. The, um, the things I love about it is it really pulls from Jules Verne's mm-hmm. kind of uh, era of, of aesthetic. Mm-hmm. Is, uh, storytelling aesthetic and, and styling yeah. is kind of what, it's not steampunk, but it's, it's like turn of the century. You have like these really like big behemoth iron pieces of like submarines and mm-hmm. that kind of stuff that, that really kind of get you into the styling of the world that you're in. And it's the, the movie itself is very much a mix of like, you have a little bit of 20,000 leagues in the sea. You have some journey to the center of the earth in there. Mm-hmm. Then you have a little bit of uh, Rage of the Lost Ark and Indiana Jones. Yep. Yep, absolutely. You, you have a lot of these really cool elements that, that hit. If you're, if you're into these kind of adventure films, like it really hits that spot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it uh, does. And unfortunately, the the story itself doesn't really hold itself up once you get past the actual like traveling part and they actually get to Atlantis. Yeah. It kind of the, falls the, apart. The internal logic struggles a little. Yeah. But it do, just because a plot doesn't necessarily make sense or it contradicts itself all the time doesn't mean that the movie is not worth watching. Right. I mean, in, in our review, we do ding it on plot quite heavily. Yeah. Uh, but what is the the saving grace of this film is just the characterization on the supporting cast is absolutely superb. Mm-hmm. The performance is excellent and the writing for the characters is really, really good where you get to know these characters really quickly. You get to love the characters really quickly and then you get to have fun watching them interact. Yeah. I, I feel like looking at it now from a, you know, I've seen more films put out by other Disney franchises and I think kind of putting up there with some of the Marvel ensemble-esque movies or kind of like an Ocean's Eleven. Like a Guardians. Right. They introduce a ton of characters and then the way they interact still feels really natural and you learn a lot about them in a fairly natural way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they pull it off really well throughout. So I think that that is probably the biggest selling point of this movie just entirely. Yeah. 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 And the, you know, the, the actual animation is, is really good. The CGI actually holds up pretty well for the most part. And I mean, the character designs are, I love the art style Mm -hmm. that they chose for the film, which is kind of like a, like everyone kind of has like little like stubby blocky hands and and stuff. And it, it fits the, the kind of Jules Verne aesthetic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It has kind of its own, it's weird because it's not really what you call like a Victorian era elegance. Yeah. But it's kind of the machines in their brute size have their own type of elegance about them mm-hmm. where they are made for a purpose, but that purpose is kind of elegant, I guess, maybe. Yeah. So, yeah. So, well, I think that that's about uh, covered yeah. us here on a spoiler free section. Yep. And, you know, we're, we're, we're going into the spoiler wall. We're diving down, if you may. And, you know, while Milo may have a financial benefactor, we don't. So if you would like to support the show for some more adventures, Patreon.com slash spoilers intended podcast. Enjoy the intermission. Everyone, welcome back to the show. Hope you enjoyed the little intermission there. 
we are now firmly under the sea, under into the, the grease sea. trap, beyond <laughs> the, the spoiler trap. wall. <laughs> Uh, it's just a grease trap. It's just, just a grease trap. It's just like a snake. It's just like a snake. Time to talk about an infinitely quotable movie, if you know the quotes. Yeah. Through our own uh, unique lens overview. So mm-hmm. we're going to kick this off talking about Spectacle. Now, remember, we gave this a 7.6 overall mm-hmm. and kicking off with Spectacle. So Spectacle is, as we said earlier, for this, it's going to be heavily on the animation. Mm-hmm. Character design. Character design. CGI. Uh, the, the feel of the film. Um, action sequences. That, right. Yeah. You know. how, how, how well it just, inter- I don't want to say entertains you, but that kind of really is what special yeah. is. Yeah. Does this really entertain? Yeah. I mean, you know, you can have um, a very boring film and then, you know, everything else kind of props it up with like, you know, really interesting characters and that performances and that kind of stuff. Or you could have a very fun to watch film Mm -hmm. and maybe not so much on the plot side. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's definitely what we have here. So, (laughs) but we'll get there eventually. So for for now, we're sticking to spectacle. I'm going to kick it off with Joel. So I gave spectacle an eight out of 10. Okay. This is a high adventure story. You know, you've got this whole expedition being collected to set off on a, on a nautical journey to find the lost city of Atlantis and right out the gate, 75% of the, of the journey of the, uh, uh, the, the expedition just dies. Yeah, just right. <laughs> so if you want to talk, maybe not necessarily, again, I, I mentioned this in the pre-show, but maybe not necessarily stakes fit in spectacle, but wow, if you want to make the viewer understand, hey, you could die on this adventure, they do it real quick. <laughs> I mean, they 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 do kill all no-name, basically faceless characters. Faceless people you haven't been introduced right. to. Yeah. But they, they at least have a scene in there where they sit on it for a minute because they have kind of a a memorial where everyone's like, all right, so this just happened, but we're going to keep going because we don't, well, we don't really have an option. So we're going to keep going. (laughs) We're here now. Yeah. Yeah. And so, but like moving on to the animation, the animation style itself, like you, you mentioned is just really uh, enchanting uh, to watch. Like it's, 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 it's fun. The, the CGI uh, integration is okay. It's it's still just kind of jarring whenever you have when you whenever you have something that's trying to straddle both worlds there with the two D animation and, yeah. the, and the CGI. Well, a lot of the scenes towards the end of the film, whenever the the characters are riding the vehicles, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. doesn't really mix very well most yeah. of the time. But that that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just you know it it just some kind of not uncanny valley. I don't, I don't know the, the better. It's, it's a lighting thing. The contrast mm-hmm. on the character and the contrast on the vehicle is just a little off or yeah. something. Well, and it's and it's that like in that kind of the technology at the time only could do so much. There's right. also there's yeah. also motion, and I think that's part of it too because there's right. there's sort of a very much a feeling of either the camera is on rails or the object you're looking at is on rails because the yes. motion is just almost too smooth. Yeah. yeah. For, and it's maybe for what's going on. And it's maybe on. a little too slow too. Yeah, with the with the action that's happening around them. And it is also kind of out of place too because they're having basically conversations in the midst of a, this big combat. Yeah, with like thing. guns mm-hmm. going off and explosions yeah. and yeah. That's just kind of part of the, of the setting though, right? It, it is. It's just more, I think it makes the CGI stick out more. Because you have to linger on that scene to have a conversation. Yeah. It's not just a quick piece of action. Yeah. So that maybe that that maybe hurts a little bit. Because if you go back earlier in the movie with the Leviathan attack, mm-hmm. there's a lot of CGI in that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's pretty much a all lot, CGI. A lot of that flows really well. Mm-hmm. There kind of whenever he is whenever the Leviathan's attacking the giant sub, because like this the sub is massive. Yeah. Like if you if you think about the scale of how large this is to can to have all these vehicles and everything in it, the the amount of movement that it does whenever he like hits it or or moves it around is it's too loose inside of inside of water where like if it was moving that much, people would just die because they're just hitting stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I mean that's and you might maybe put that under plot because that is a little bit, you know, when you push something underwater, there's water pushing back. You well, just crumple it i think i think it's more on the lines of there's there may be some time constraints of how long a scene can actually last for the length of the actual film yeah and if you want to if you, if you want to make it exciting for a younger audience you need to have stuff that moves quickly on the mm-hmm. screen during action scenes and that may have been a choice that they just made at the time to just make it move quicker which you know 
from someone looking at it in an objective perspective like we are, it doesn't track. But, you know, for a kid, it doesn't matter at but all. But also yeah. like for a casual, you know, watch through, it, it it's not really glaring. It's not going to jump no, out. No, yeah. I, I, I did not knock it for that. Yeah. So. And I, I feel like the, the shot as they go up the grease trap. Yeah. That was also like the way the camera tracked was also mm-hmm. done with CGI. And that, I think that still plays off. And for the movie's 2000? 2000, uh, 2001. 2001. For, for being 20 years ago and kind of being in that straddle zone of animation and CGI, I mean, there's stuff that comes out now where I'm like, ooh, this CGI is rough. And yeah. I would not put Atlantis in that category for even for it being 20 years No, it old. looks good. Yeah, it looks looks pretty good throughout. Yeah. So, Stephen, what was your score? Uh, I gave it a nine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought it was I thought it was good. I mean, I, I really – I am always kind of surprised when I watch these. I'm like, oh, the animation really holds up there. And you can see a lot that goes on in the – Well, and their, their character does – their their character designs and art direction and everything like that just do such a fantastic job of bringing you into the story and their, their animations and their expressions whenever they're talking. Mm-hmm. And, and especially there's, there's one scene towards the end where Milo is talking to, to sweets and, you know, sweets is like, Hey, are you okay? And he's like, no, I'm not okay. Yeah, no, like, you I'm know, not okay. <laughs> yeah. And he goes over the list and he's like, kind of like shaking the book at, at him and everything. And that whole scene, just like the the animation and the expression that they get mm-hmm. out of him is just fantastic. Well, and, you know, it's interesting. Uh, Andrew, what, what was your score? Uh, I gave it a nine. Okay. Yeah, we're, we're, we're tracking. We're tracking. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting coming off of spending a lot of time kind of critiquing Arcane. Mm-hmm. And there's, you know, a lot of slow moments in there where you can see facial expression. Yeah. And in Atlantis, when you have the moment of decision where the crew decides to abandon Rourke, because what Milo is doing is right. Yeah. You really get that same feel mm-hmm. with with Audrey having like the slow look back of, oh, am I really doing this? Yeah, well, you know, she oh, closes really the door to the car, this. to the truck, mm-hmm. and then just she kicks it back out. And then like she gets out of the car and she's like, I can't believe I'm doing this. Uh, yeah. yeah. And, and even, uh, oh, no, I forgot the character's name. But the, the uh, essentially the um, signals lady. Yeah, the calm girl. Yeah. Who, who, Packard, who, Packard, Packard, Mrs. Packard. Packard. Yeah, where she's oh, just we're like, all gonna die. Oh, yeah. we're all gonna die. <laughs> she just does it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, so good. Uh, it, it's really, it was really hard to ding it really for much of anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, maybe just, maybe just a little age and maybe, you know, if it was done now, the budget would maybe look a little different. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's just a good looking film. It and really it, is. That, whenever I think of Atlantis, I think of the style before I think of anything else. Mm-hmm. I definitely don't think of the music or the plot or anything like that, but I definitely, <laughs> definitely not the plot. You might I, think about the plot, <laughs> but not for the right reason. Yeah. But I, I always go back to, I love the way that all the characters are done. Mm-hmm. Yes. And um, moving on to performance, which yes. kind of like pairs in with this. Yeah, this is this is where it really pays off. Yeah, the, the character interactions is really what sells the film. Like mm-hmm. you, you can have a bad story, but you can have a really fun time with everyone while they're interacting. Right. And this is exactly what happens. You have Michael J. Fox as Milo, which is perfect phenomenal casting for that kind of like mm-hmm. not sure of himself, nerdy guy. Mm-hmm. Well, and to your point earlier where, where you had the interaction between him and Sweets, right? He's really good at that turn on a dime and just blast, right? Where yeah. it's just let it all out. Mm-hmm. No, I'm not okay. And that's that's something he's really quite good at. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the definition for performance, because I kind of skipped over it, what it is the, the for this, because it's animated, it mm-hmm. is the expressions that the voice actors can, can give the characters. Mm-hmm. And how they deliver it? Do their emotions come over? Do they do they not come over? And just kind of how the movie depicts the characters without like divulging plot elements. Well, I mean, it also kind of pulls in some elements of the animation too, right? Like yeah. How how well does the animation sync with the the voice actor's performance mm-hmm. in in portraying what the character is going through? Yeah. And so for for my performance, um, I gave it a ten. Okay, I mean, that's bold. You, you've already start, <laughs> before you gave us your score. You were already starting out with some pretty high praise. Yeah. So let's let's hear some continuation of that. Let's support some tens. It, it's it's really just the just how well they characterize um, and ex, and kind of explain themselves whenever the the sci, the secondary characters are all interacting mm-hmm. because you can tell just with how how they're talking that they have been with each other for years mm-hmm. and they're they're so 
they know exactly what the other person is going to do or how they're going to react. And every time you get little cutaways of even just like one or two little lines of dialogue, it's always just this little tidbit that just adds so much more to that character mm -hmm. that really helps sell kind of like the, the, the group of hard, hardened mercenaries, but they're all lovable guys yeah. or, or girls. Heart of gold. Yeah. Heart, yeah heart, of heart of gold. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess uh, I'll jump in. Why not? Uh, so for performance, I am also strong-willed believer in <laughs> critique. I gave it a 10. I mean, it's bold. The, the cast as cast and what they were given to do, it's just, it's too good. The, the writing they were given and the way that they made it work and, and played with it, it was just too good to not put it up there. Mm -hmm. And you have people like Jim Varney was Cookie. Yep. So that's your, that's your slinky dog for, or, or Ernest for older mm -hmm. listeners. And his expressions, the way he does that character is just so good. Uh, it, it's a little different looking because, you know, animation is a different type of character, but you can still hear all that in there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, like you said, Michael J. Fox, perfect for this kind of, Young and unsure, even though like by the time this movie was made, he was probably in his you know pushing forty, 40 or something. Yeah, -ish. if not older, honestly, uh, he just has that kind of voice. But you you can keep talking, and I'll I'll find it. Perfect. But but as you were alluding to, everyone there they feel like they have lived and been with each other for a long period of time. They've had a lot of adventures together, and maybe this is the last rodeo. You know, you you do have Audrey, who's kind of a, a character who has shown up. Because her father has retired from the crew and she's kind of filling his, his place. Uh, but she does, you know, she's great. And then also the little bit of characterization that we get. How old was he? He was 39. I uh, nailed it. <laughs> um, but the little bit of characterizations that we get, like with their interactions at the campsite. Yeah. Where they all kind of get to talk about themselves and who they are and how they, yeah. how they are. Uh, like... Uh, it and that, like, in a, it's kind of one of those things where whenever we're talking about, like, the dialogue that they have, that's technically in the plot, but it's also how they deliver it mm -hmm. to make it believable for, you know, for kind of what they're saying. And that, that's kind of where we're going mm -hmm. with, with that. Right. But, like, I mean, with Vinny and, like, oh, you know, how to, how to flower place, you know, the roses and the carnations and my corsage doesn't match my dress. <laughs> Stuff like that is just so good. And the way he pulls off coming from that style of character, the way he looks and acts and what he does yeah. is just so good. Hey, look, I made a bridge. And what took like 10, 11 seconds? Yeah. Tops. Uh, you know, Sweet's great. Uh, he gets probably the, some of the best lines in the movie. Mm -hmm. uh, and then... More talk, less salt. <laughs> reverse that, but yeah. yeah. Well, of course, that... Now, we can go into the plot on that one. Yeah. There's a mistake there. But anyways, uh, and, and that's all ignoring the fact that, you know, the king is Leonard Nimoy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we haven't even... Like, right, we haven't even touched like, on the fact they just drop him in there. No yeah. big deal. He, he 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 does such a good old whiz wise guy. I mean, he has he has the the gravitas. Yeah, it's so good. He has that real. He does a really good job of that gravelly. Mm -hmm. Old. I mean, the dude sounds like he's you know ten thousand years old, right? <laughs> uh, so Joel, I want to toss over to you. I've, I've just, we've stolen all your points. Good luck. Right. So you guys were very bold in giving this a ten. I will also be bold and give it a 10. There oh we go. <laughs> <laughs> so, and, and like we've beaten it to death, but just the, the fact that so many secondary characters, cause this is an ensemble cast, yes. mm -hmm. right? It's very much that style of everyone ha is unique and has their own brings to the table, their own skill set. It's almost like a heist film in that way. Right. Yeah. And, and it, it kind of is a heist film, I guess, if you look at the, the plot. <laughs> if you if you look at it from Rourke's point <laughs> yeah, of view. Yeah, definitely is a heist film. film. <laughs> but they just, they do such a great job of just like within 30 seconds of meeting the character for the first time, you, you understand them. Yes. Right? There's yes, more to absolutely. learn. There's more to experience, but you understand them. Right. You get, you get straight to the heart of the matter. Uh, someone we did skip over uh, was the actress for the princess, Kida, mm -hmm. the, the not a Disney princess princess. I can't believe it's not a Disney <laughs> I, princess. I'm still so like, well, Disney has this trend of something that doesn't just like bang out the box office. They just try and ignore it. It just kind of yeah, exists. Just go sit in the corner mm -hmm. and think about what you've done. I'm sure that at the time they had a Disney ride in the parks for Atlantis. I'm there, almost positive. Or they were planning. Actually, I think they did. But I don't. Know. I don't I'm pretty sure it lasted like maybe two or three years. I'm going to look that up. You, it, you, or, or they were planning it and then the movie didn't do well, so they just didn't follow through. Yeah. But 
I mean, she was quite good. She does. They they do a good job of letting her and Milo play off each other mm-hmm. to kind of naturally explore. Oh gosh, that sounds horrible to say. Oh, they naturally explored each other. Oh my! Mm-hmm. <laughs> but to but yeah, explore, like like through through the dialogue, having them bounce off of each other to share the character story. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Thank oh, you. Okay. Um, there was never a ride. There was Fire Mountain, which was a roller coaster that was meant to be themed for Atlantis, mm-hmm. and it never happened. So this is one of those, oh, you failed at the box office, go go sit in the corner and think yeah. about what you've done. Which moments. is probably why they've also ignored that Keith is technically a Disney princess. I mean, just by definition, she is a princess, is yep. a Disney movie, it's a Disney princess. Like, yep. It's got to be in the pantheon, like, come on now. <laughs> Anyways, I, well, I think, Joel, did you get anything more? No. No. It's, uh, we, it's, we took it's all your points. just... Just such a phenomenal cast and performance. Okay. Well, I think we're going to move forward then into the score. Score of the score. And I am going to give it to Joel so we don't steal all his points. All of my points. Well, I don't really have any points for this. There's nothing to steal. (laughs) (laughs) No, I give it a seven. Okay. The the score was enjoyable. It supported everything that was going on scene by scene. It wasn't just like out of this world phenomenal in any particular way. There there wasn't any sort of sweeping theme that, that really got into your head. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, that's, that's fair. Cause like, there's definitely a theme. And if I heard it outside of the context of the film, I would also know that it was still Atlantis, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but I wouldn't like thinking of it now. I could barely, and I just watched it this morning. Yeah. I could barely like sing it for you. Yeah. So it, it was, it was good. It yeah. was good. So I give it a seven. Yeah. Okay. That's that's fair. And yeah. you don't just, have nothing just, else to just add. Just not a lot to add about it. Man. I mean, it was I mean, it was just it, it was just there. It supported <laughs> it. it. It did a decent job. I'm it a, wasn't it wasn't no way home levels of just there. But <laughs> well, the, like there are definitely scenes where that's a bold thing to say in an episode where we're rating this movie just below <laughs> no way home. <laughs> well, there there we have yet to get to the depth. Oh, we're gonna break it down. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Sorry, I, Andrew, I, go for it. I also gave score a seven mm-hmm. and uh, kind of the same thing. It was uh, actually, I really liked the score that was there. However, a lot of the, the more like, I'll say the slower moments that could have been carried mm-hmm. by music were not. Yes. I would, I would agree with that. I will say there was one bold choice where they didn't have any music going on. And that was when Kida has just been absorbed by the crystal mm-hmm. and she floats down and she's got this weird sort of invisible bubble around her yeah and she's walking back and the, the across the lake falling. and the stones are falling around her and it's it's silent the only sound yeah. that you get is the splashing of the water and that's kind of a bold choice and, and it was a bold choice but i thought it really really worked for the scene mm-hmm. because you're you're there and you don't know what to make of this yet yeah. right you're in suspense and the music not telling you what to feel I think really actually helped that scene right. maintain that, well, that, that balance. Mm-hmm. It, it also really helps you focus on, you know, what's happening in the scene. The focus is what is going on before you. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, I, I got a quote at me, so we'll talk star Wars, uh, <laughs> but the, the Holdo, the Holdo maneuver, right. You have the same choice. Mm-hmm. There's no, and, and something that is typically a lot of music, there's no music. And it's the same kind of thing where you are addition through subtraction mm-hmm. by just forcing the focus. Yeah. Uh, so you, you had a seven. I had a seven. You had a seven. I did. I'm going to break, break ranks here and go with an eight. Okay. Mostly because I do feel like they did a really good job of selling those moments of wonder. Yeah. You have the big sweeping views when they first get into Atlantis. You have the big sweeping kind of adventure for Milo at the start where it is going to be a fun, fantastical adventure. And then it all kind of falls apart around him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You do have a lot of those really good pieces in there. And also with, the Leviathan attack, I think they do a really good job of kind of the, the stress and panic and uh, punctuation. Terror. Yeah, it's, it's a big it's a big punctuation on what's going on. Thank you. That's yeah. a good word. Uh, so I, I had a hard time dinging it. There are definitely moments where it was it did have a, a bit of, yeah, there's music here. You could have done something more in this space. Yeah. But I don't think that it was something that was necessarily bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it didn't sense. like it never really like took away from a scene. It's just. I, I still look at a lot of these ratings to be more opportunity cost mm-hmm. than, yeah. than a, well, you know, if it was average and it would be a five, that says to me that like you probably took away, you know, like you didn't, you clearly did not see where you could have taken this scene and elevated to something. Right. Yeah. So, so, so I mean, that, that's about all we have to say. So now onto the meat of the subject, 
This is where it's time to rant and rave because we are talking about the plot. Who do I give it to first to steal all the good points? Oh, I have the lowest score out of all three of us. You're going to go last. (laughs) Joel, let's hear it. I gave the plot a five. Okay. Five out of ten. Okay. So there are a lot of really good moments. There are a lot of really fun and interesting ideas. Like the design of the the vehicles is really cool. Mm -hmm. And it, it, you know, is arguably outside of the technological capabilities of the time that it's set in, but it's not like money solves all problems. It's not fantastically so, right? Like if you have enough money, then sure, maybe I believe that that could have been built. Yeah. Yeah. A super sub that, 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 that large still doesn't exist. Right, but that's probably because that's not financially feasible, right? Like it doesn't, it yeah. doesn't fit for the money that it would cost. It doesn't fit the role. Yeah, mm-hmm. but but for this, you know, it's it's supposed to be this one giant mothership. So yeah, like, you know, it's 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 fun. It's interesting. It's it, cool. It gets this clock cleaned in like two minutes. And <laughs> the the whole journey through the the underworld, so to speak, you know, as yeah, they, on the on the Atlantean highway, right. That is, it's really great. It's really, it's beat for beat. It is exploration adventure, Mm -hmm. right? Um, But once you get to Atlantis, everything breaks down in one conversation. (laughs) (laughs) It all comes crashing down. Because when, when what happens is Milo realizes that none of the Atlanteans can read their own language, right? After they've established that they can speak any language because Atlantean is some sort of root, hybrid or, yeah. root we'll, language. We'll ignore that. We'll, we'll pass over that one. But none of them can read. But at the same time, he also discovers that the princess was alive at the destruction of Atlantis mm-hmm. roughly 8,500 years prior. Right. Which means that... But she she was she was she was yeah. a child. We, we know from seeing the the opening scene yeah. that she was very young. Yeah, she was she was a child. So okay, she didn't learn. She conceivably did not know how to read at that point, and then was never taught because we know that the king wants to suppress knowledge of the crystal because he doesn't want anyone else to misuse it the way that he misused it. Right, his his failings. Yeah, and so we know that that he can read. Obviously, he remembers everything that happened. The princess cannot read, and no one else can read either. And so. Either all of them just forgot how to read because they've been alive for over uh, eight uh, millennia. Which you'd never have time to read a book in that. In that I mean, sure. No yeah. or, <laughs> or, or we're talking about uh, basically it has to be that the king and the princess are the only ones that live that long. Which you can you can make some sense of that because the crystal is tied to royal blood. So, okay. Yeah, maybe the nobility. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, that means that the king had to have spent centuries actively suppressing, <laughs> like, and making it illegal for parents to teach their children to read. <laughs> it makes it makes Atlantis itself as this wondrous thing all, that's been discovered really dark. All while not letting his daughter know that he was doing that because she just thought, "Hey, nobody knows how to read." <laughs> well, okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna piggyback off of that as well for two points. So the first point is. We have okay, so she's been alive for around eighty five hundred years ish. Yeah. So she has, and she looks like mid twenties. She's like mid twenties at the most. Yeah, he is, you know, clearly a very old man, like seventy to eighty ish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the scaling there means that he has been alive for probably like fifty, sixty thousand years. Well. We don't know that because we don't know anything that happened prior to the cataclysm, right? True. Because like, or and we don't know how the aging itself or works. Or maybe something happened because with the with the bubble thing at the beginning of the film that, that caused them well, to he age already, longer. He already looked like an old man. Yeah, he, mm-hmm. he looked, he had the, the beard and everything. And it could very well be, and we could make the argument, right? So we established the crystal as a type of power source-esque. Mm-hmm. So with less people to support the support is greater for the individuals that remain. Okay. So I, we can I, make, would, I would accept or, that. We, or it can we flip can the argument. other way around. It kept him in excellent health for a really long time. And then mm-hmm. to the point where his body could no longer maintain it, it just, he aged really rapidly. Okay. But uh, yeah. also, we, we could go both yeah, ways. Yeah. We don't really get that in the movie, but we could make. And they very mm-hmm. specifically don't touch on it, which is often the correct call. Right. <laughs> soft, yeah, soft the second magic that you, system. You, yeah, you take, um, uh, you you focus on something small like that, mm. and then like you, people like us will just <laughs> like, run oh, no, rampant. That's with not it. how it works. Nerd, nerds with too much time. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, I mean, 
at its core, it's a soft magic system. Mm-hmm. And the deeper and the more you try to explain those types of magic systems, it just breaks down. The worse it gets, yeah. it just goes downhill. So the second point that I had was for you know people not knowing how to read and everything. Whenever they're going down and in the water and like looking at the mural mm-hmm. that was made. Mm-hmm. And it is depicting the sinking of Atlantis. Right. That has all of this, all of these words that mm-hmm. only Milo can read. Mm-hmm. Who made those? Who made those? See, what you don't know is this magic. dovetails. This, no, no, no. It's not magic. This dovetails perfectly with Joel's theory about the king suppressing reading. He sent those people down. And then he killed to, them. No, to make those inscriptions. And then he flooded the chamber. <laughs> so they're just floating over bodies. There's skeletons down below. <laughs> so it was all of the illiterate people were allowed to live at I love, that point. The great culling yes, that I, somehow Kida is unaware of. Somehow. Oh, she was, you know, the aging process slowed her down. She spent a long time as four. <laughs> as a long opportunity. Yeah, she just, she won't notice at all. That, that, that is a very long time to be relatively infantile. <laughs> yeah, it really, really is. Oh, man. I, I love how, like, as you were saying that, I was like, Oh man, I know exactly what happened to those people. <laughs> I don't know what that says about me, but anyways. Okay, so so you can you can talk now. Oh, thank you. Did you give us a score? No. You told me I was going to go. Last. Oh, that's right, that's right. And that you jumped in anyways. I mm. I had to make a point. Sounds like I need a mural made somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be my new threat. I, I really like if you make me a mural. <laughs> anyways, uh, so I gave plot of five, similar to Joel. There are, there are issues. I mean, it's pretty great up until you get into Atlantis. And even like the root language thing is a little questionable. Like uh, we're stretching can, it. You can kind of. Well, you, you can play off. So you have kind of the, uh, I think it's romance languages where mm-hmm. you have Spanish, French, mm-hmm. Italian. They're all really close. Mm-hmm. And it can actually kind of mess you up if you, tr- if you learn one and you try to learn the other and you're not using it all the time. You start to blend them. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so that one, it, it's maybe pushing it a little bit, but you know, it's fine. You, there's no way English fits with the rest of those. It's just <laughs> yeah, not happening. It's just not happening. Well, it's also, it, it pilfers so many other words from other languages. Mm-hmm. That the, just like the context, even, even if you, you could like understand it, the context of like certain words just wouldn't make any sense. Yeah. Or, or idioms, which I'm sure get used at some point. I don't pay attention mm-hmm. to it, nah. but that's always a problem. Anyways, that the literacy thing is a huge like what what writers sat down and said i know they forgot how to read what <laughs> how, how? which can totally happen to a society that's in decline over the last several millennia but not one where everyone's still alive right yeah <laughs> or like okay cool the cataclysm happened and our libraries were outside the protective bubble mm-hmm. that part of the bubble failed and all our books were wiped out. And we've only been able to create so much paper over time because we're in a limited environment, right? We can't get the resources, maybe. They have lots and, of rocks. And it atrophies. Yeah, I, then then you have someone inscribing the mural in the rock. And it's like, rock, rock was the first paper. Paper beats rock, though. So Rock was definitely the first that's paper. historically accurate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, enough of that. Uh, my other big issue with the plot would be... I mean, we hit we hit some nice we ding some really nice uh, you know classic white savior tropes here, uh, which is oh, problematic. Just took my point. Yeah, that's right. That's why I made you go last. <laughs> Where you know the king is dying and and the person who messed everything up, you go and fix it. Which is for a classic adventure story, yeah, that is kind of what's expected. But, what but for the realities, no one does that. Uh, and then of course the other issue, you know, Joel talked about the scene with Kida becoming you know, imbued with the crystal. Mm-hmm. A great scene and they even show you know she's boxed up in the cage and everyone's crystal dims and i guess you could make the argument maybe it has enough power but the whole point is as the crystal leaves the civilization this is what sustained them they're going they're all going to fade away and die now mm-hmm. yeah and and like you can see all the waters receding yeah and... everything turned like someone turned the switch off yeah. right and but the solution is use the crystals to power the machines to say. And they're all glowing on the next scene. Pretty yeah. much. No, no, that, that is actually, that's a good point too. It, they, it, they all dim. And then the next scene where he's like, oh, we're going to do it. And maybe it's supposed maybe to be it's like. powered by hope. Well, okay. <laughs> so. <laughs> dang it, Andrew. That's actually probably, that's actually true. Because 
The king even says that it feeds off the emotions of the people. Ah, oh, yes. yes. I beat the plot. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Do we have to bring the score back <laughs> up? Uh, no, it won't change. No, it won't change. So speaking of scores <laughs> that won't change, Andrew? I gave it a three. <laughs> Oof. Oof. Uh, for mostly kind of the same things yeah. that we've been talking about, uh, Stephen took my my white savior point um, at the end I mean, of the film. You can beat it up a little bit more well, if you want it's, to. It's really more on the... Like he he comes in and he's the only one that knows how mm-hmm. to read. Then he is the only one that knows how to turn on the the vehicles. Mm-hmm. Then because he knows how you know. And then whenever she gets essentially kidnapped, then he's like, "Well, I can go save her, and I'm the only one that can do this." Yeah, kind of you know, and those kind of things. And it's one of the the older we get, and the more society you know kind of just morphs into whatever it's morphed into in the past couple of years this is those kind of stories just don't track anymore for, for you just kind of it, what you're used to seeing. It just, it stands out too it, much. It, yeah. It just stands out. So on top of that, I, I will, um, everything we've already talked about is kind of already there, but then the other thing that bothered me and we kind of talked about this in the pre-show was the amount of time that passes from the beginning <laughs> to the end of the adventure. Mm-hmm. If you look at it at face value and you don't look into it too far, it feels like the whole story takes place over three total days. From from so we're, we're dropping into mansion. the ocean. No, okay, we're, we're entering the ocean. Not We're not even talking like mansion because yeah, yeah, that might add like two days. Yeah, so we're, we're talking about dropping into the ocean, going down, fighting the Leviathan, losing, then going through the, the grease trap onto the highway, then you're into Atlantis, and then you have one, basically, Quidditch makes one night, which you don't even see them sleep. Mm-hmm. So then it could just still be the same day that Rourke was like, actually, I think we're going to go ahead and just, you know, nip this in yeah. the bud and then, you know, take. My my only rebuttal to that is that there is a travel montage scene, which is kind of like them saying, and an indeterminate amount of time passes, mm-hmm. and... Yes. Now we pick up with the the scene where they're camping. So, and, and that would be the only... and I, there, there's a counter argument to this, but my main argument for that is whenever they are talking with him around the campfire, clearly they have not interacted with him at all for this entire yeah, time. Yeah, and, they, and they've been they've been bullying him the whole time, mm-hmm. though, right? Because right? yeah. so like it's it is a it is a shift in character relationships, mm-hmm. which normally that is means a passage of time. Yeah, because you're like, well, I don't like this guy. Well, okay, he's fine. Yeah, and but then you know they they are commenting on his inability to pitch tent and entirely possible he could be pitching a tent all the way across the camp mm. whenever they're they're sleeping during the montage and everything but mm. it just it feels kind of out of place if they would have put that a little bit further ahead in the montage and then had another montage after it mm-hmm. i would this wouldn't even be a point yeah you know what? that's that's fair if they had had him becoming part of the group and then they montage past that and then they have the issue Right, the the fire issue yeah. or whatever you want to say, which is it's in itself a little strange, but well, it's it's weird. But it's mm-hmm. you needed you needed some kind of conflict in that moment, mm-hmm. and they just they found something and they did it. Uh, now, if we want to play the real nitpicky game, right? Let's play some real. Nit- I want to play some real nitpicky game. Well, they 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 fall down into a massive hole, and then I'm fine. you know what? they I'm, can still access Atlantis from become, wherever they are. Yeah, they obviously had the a lot further to go of down the, of the volcano. Anyways. Right. I'm fine. You know what? I'm fine. We'll play with that. Apparently, ash and soot can cushion a several thousand foot fall or whatever. Easy. No big deal. Yeah. Well, it's fine. (laughs) But nitpicky, right? So in the final conflict scene, we have uh, Audrey and Sweet are going to saw Mm -hmm. Kiefer. And it's Audrey doing the sawing, not the big brawny doctor who saw this is during the sawing. And it gives him a top, an opportunity to have a great line and interaction. I'm going to I'm gonna pick a knit off of your knit. Oh, let's go oh. for it. So in order to get the right angle on the saw, Audrey climbs up on top of the box and she is like a quarter of the mass of she is Dr. Very Sweet. Small. And so him getting up there would be much more difficult than her. It would also make it a lot easier to once you start to break the chain that the chain would peel itself apart because it would have more weight on it just happen <laughs> it's okay we can we can play that. no you're fair so if you so want to fit steven's right? over here like shoots the gun and then <laughs> joel's like no afraid not he pulls out another gun and then steven's like actually i have two <laughs> <laughs> no 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 well uh, uh, all right I'll, I'll validate i'll give you that one because we do see a little bit later in the conflict right rourke ends up in the same place and mm-hmm. rourke is physically about the same size as 
tweet tweets. Yeah. And we know what happens to him. Right? Yeah. He looks up and that's a mistake. Terrible, terrible mistake was made. Right. Uh, I, I did Got like. Got transmogrified yeah. and busted into a zillion. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's missing. Yeah. <laughs> Oh gosh, so many good quotes. The 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 one liners in in the film are just great. Yeah, yeah. I mean that, and that really is what carries and elevates it. Is mm-hmm. again, it's the interactions and the chances they have to showcase the interactions. Yeah, uh, and you know, it's really weird too because I'll give them credit in a lot of places. They did a really good time, really good job of pegging down the exact time that we are in in modern day. Mm-hmm. You know, almost to the year borderline, mm-hmm. but you can get pretty close to it. They did a really good job of that. They did a really good job of all the characters staying within that era. Uh, Cookie even mentions, oh, you know, watch, watch me make, uh, I got a map of the, all 38 states. Mm-hmm. And, and the 38th state joined in like 1840 something or something like that. I can't remember exactly. But it's, it's within time for him to have had a tattoo of this. Yeah. And the, the states haven't been changed. He has to go get another state penciled in or something. Yeah. Uh, watch, watch Rhode Island uh, dance. Dance, <laughs> dance, baby. <laughs> <laughs> And Audrey's like look of disgust. Maybe yeah. Cookie just gets all the good lines. I think Cookie and Sweet get all the good lines. It, it, I I I would do it injustice if I tried to quote it. But his uh, his four basic food groups. Oh, I I got your four basic food groups right here: beans, bacon, whiskey, and lard. <laughs> or the, the oh, don't you worry, it'll keep and, and keep. keep, and keep. keep. <laughs> I I think my single favorite line from the whole piece though is Mrs. Packard's. I get the same problem with sauerkraut. <laughs> <laughs> I, I use that one way too often. Or, or the, uh, and I'm going to mess this one up where it's like, well, well, what's the deal with bowl? Don't tell him. I told you not to tell me. You told me anyways. And I'm telling you right now, you don't want to know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or like just, just kind of playing off of the mole. I got, I pick up, I got soap and I know how to use it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, that is really, you know, we're, we're, we're literally demonstrating it right now. If you had to sell the movie, these are the things that sell the movie. It's yeah. the characters interacting with each other. It's, it's not the overarching framework of plot because it's, it's pretty weak. There, yeah. there are some big pitfalls that if you're just sitting at home watching it, you're going to, you know, do the, the Leo meme, lean forward with your beard and point at the TV. <laughs> what are you doing? Well, and, and it's one of those things to where a lot of people are like, well, it's just a kid's movie. Like all the kid's movies are like this. Not, not really. No, I mean, like if you, uh, I say this and I'm probably going to eat my words because we're going to review it at some point, but Mulan <laughs> doesn't have like these glaring plot holes outside of maybe, it does. S- maybe some one or two things at the end of the film. No, no, it has a massive plot hole. Oh no. Towards the beginning, <laughs> but we'll get there one day if we review it, we'll, we'll discuss that off air because we, we are past the spoiler wall for Atlantis. Yeah. I'm not going to jump into Mulan issues. Uh, and it's, you know, it's whatever. It is what it is. There are great movies. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of really good stuff going on. And it, I mean, it's tough to really undersell it. It's just entertainment value, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I'm talking Atlantis. Mulan is its own mm-hmm. world. But also in the, what I guess we could call modern kids movie era, uh, they're also much more uh, adult written these mm-hmm. days. They're more, more intelligent in kind of in the, both in the humor and how well they are written just by default because, Hey, you can make money from kids and adults at the same time. Who knew? Mm-hmm. So anyways, final score doesn't factor into our actual score, but I guess we, we didn't actually discuss pre-show, we didn't discuss we, it we messed this up, but I'm going to call it originality because I feel like it's originality. It's, it's an yeah, original There's, there's story, nothing. Really. Yeah. There's yeah. no faithfulness for it. Atlantis doesn't exist. There's no faithfulness. You here. say that. <laughs> anyways, originality score, Andrew. Um, I gave it a seven. Uh, it, it, it pulls on a lot of some of my favorite pieces of media over the years. Mm-hmm. Like I, I love Jules Verne, especially 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea is one of my favorite films, uh, and books. It's a good book. If you it really enjoy list, uh, watching or reading or listening to him describe a coral reef for roughly a chapter. <laughs> like Lord, I don't. Rem- I've blocked that. From I, I think memory. it's like twelve pages worth of description of like tropical fish mm-hmm. and okay. tropical um, coral growth and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And for the time, it's technically a science fiction book. For the time, it's a it's it's really interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, it's also one of those things where most readers of this book will never see a coral reef. Yeah. Just by default, because the limitations of travel and Google doesn't exist. The Internet's not there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, OK. And and I'm going to go off on a little small tangent here because there is another show that also 
um, I feel that they pulled from, which is um, a 1989 anime called Nadia Secret of the Blue Water, which is very loosely based off 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. However, she is an Atlantean. She has a blue crystal that she uses to power things. Ooh. And she is followed around by John, who's technically French in, in that story, mm-hmm. but he is a nerdy inventor slash historian kind of person. Mm. Or are we unlocking the secret sauce? And, and her dad is also an Atlantean, and they are the only two Atlanteans left is kind of the whole. That can read. That, that can definitely, read. That definitely <laughs> can read. important to the plot. Can they read? <laughs> well, she can't read, but he can. Oh. <laughs> See, but you got to give, you got to give. Uh, King Leonard Nimoy a pass because as near as we can tell he's blind in Atlantis at least you know maybe he could read at one point but that is that, that oh is well no see it doesn't matter whether he can read or not he's the one suppressing the knowledge <laughs> right yeah, yeah that's true <laughs> he killed the people when, in the mural room <laughs> that's that's how he got blind when he set off the explosion <laughs> to collapse the to flood the <laughs> bank it blinded him and he can't tell anyone why he's blind Keita just has to accept he's always been blind <laughs> I was always blind honey in the in the 400 years that she was four <laughs> yes, for the four centuries. <laughs> man, you want to talk about some terrible twos? <laughs> oh man, Joel! God, just imagine having a a child that is the mentality of a two year old for like four hundred years. You know, I this, can. <laughs> <laughs> but this this is an issue that other. I mean, isn't that just having a pet? No. no. Who who has a pet for four thousand years? Was who has a, a child for four thousand years? You just said you know it. what it feels like. <laughs> okay, anyways, originality. Originality. I give it an eight. Um, I don't have this this conspiracy theory anime film, you know, I, to, I, to draw on to knock it, it all the way down. Look it up. It's the same story. <laughs> well, not the same story, but the same style. <laughs> but this is, you know, it's a lot of familiar pieces mm-hmm. of stories, right? It's it's very Jules Verne esque that we've talked about mm-hmm. several times. But the the fact that it was placed in just pre-World War One mm-hmm. is actually really interesting because it adds a lot of really fun visual texture that you don't necessarily get a lot of from a lot of different sources of media, right? Yeah. It's it's much more common that you'll find these sorts of adventure stories in and around the World War II era. Mm-hmm. And We're so talking Indiana Jones. Right, basically. Yeah. But but like you transplant that back a few decades. And you get to have a different aesthetic with a lot of the same considerations. Yeah, you do. I, I also do like that his, one of Milo's lines whenever he's talking with Sweets at the end and he's complaining about everything. He he does specifically say, well, he's probably going to sell it to the Kaiser. Right. Which I'm like, ooh, yeah, that, that kind of dates the movie enough to where you're probably closer to like maybe like 1910-ish. Right. Yeah. Somewhere you're, around there. You're getting enough that Germany is considered ooh, this a, could a, be a world a power. And also, you also avoid the whole just the classic of Hitler. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because everyone just says, oh, well, we need a big bad guy that nobody wants to like in this movie. Well, just put Hitler in there. Yeah, Hitler, I mean, he's, he's a very easy scapegoat. Yeah. For anything. Yeah. I mean, and moving it back a couple of decades, it, it is kind of cool. And you get to reference stuff that you don't hear about. You know, sweet references, San Juan Hill, rough, mm-hmm. you know, sewing up rough, rough Riders yep. on San Juan Hill. Mm-hmm. No one, nobody hears about Spanish-American War yeah. unless you were just in history class, basically. <laughs> So it, it is neat to see something set in that kind of era. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I gave it a seven. Yeah. I, I think it, its biggest failings, other than the plot, uh, <laughs> were just, there's just too much, and it may just be the era, it may just be that it's dated at this point, but it's just too much reliance on kind of a white savior tropes. Mm-hmm. There's just too much going on. They, you can have something that is that kind of like, oh, a, a person from outside this group has come and is able to save this group, and you can do it while getting away from some of those big time cliches. Yeah. It's not just that person has to do everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, it can be done. I promise. I other hope. other stories exist. Other that, stories exist. Know. Yeah. And that and that's also maybe part of where it is. The the idea is really cool. I love the aesthetic. I love the styling. I like, you know, they moved it back. They place it in, in a different type of timeline from what we would normally see. But at the end of the day, it is, you know, it is an Indiana Jones. It's mm-hmm. an adventure movie. Mm-hmm. And a lot of what's going to happen, you just know because we've seen it before. So, I mean. Still great. I mean, we gave it a 7.6. That is absolutely within the realm of go watch it. Oh, for sure. I mean, Disney Plus, that's how we all mm-hmm. watched. I'm sure it's mm-hmm. real accessible. No, I have the I have the 4K Blu-ray. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, I don't want to question that. Maybe you dusted off the DVD or something. I, no. No. Sad. Uh, this, I mean, streaming services just make everything so it's easy. It's just so easy. Yeah. yeah. Well, on that note, I do believe that is all the time we have for this episode. 
So until next time, I'm Stephen. I'm Andrew. And I'm Joel. And every spoiler wasn't him. Thank you for tuning in. If you like what you heard, you can support the show for as low as $1 at patreon.com slash spoilers intended podcast. We also have a Discord server and would love to have more people joining in the conversation. Links are in the description below. Thank you.